0: hello all i'm kyle and i'm zach and we're a couple of small town gays who love buffy the vampire slayer together we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences we'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode share some behind the scenes trivia at scooby meetings and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness so whether you're a first-time watcher You've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth. We invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy, Buffy Gays. Kyle, I think I need to sit down for this one. You are sitting down. Oh, good for me. This week, we'll call the first official meeting of the Scoobies to discuss the second episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1, The Harvest. We'll hit deliver on some fun facts about the episode. We'll learn what makes Buffy's new hometown a mystical who's it. And we'll... Hello, Miss Motormouth? Can I get a sentence finished? And we'll see if we can wrest some information from that dread machine about queer themes such as accepting your identity, finding power in it, and trusting allies to help navigate adolescence. You little bitch. I cannot believe you have made me complicit in my own bullying. Um... I think it was calling out bullying, actually. I think I was the one being bullied by constantly being interrupted in the first episode. Uh, I, bullying is active. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, sir. Yeah, I had a little poster in my classroom for years that was like, explained what bullying is. <laughs> yes, what, the, I, there were so many in the hallways at our school too. An imbalance of power, uh, something else. I if someone is rude and they don't realize it, that's just rude. If they're rude on purpose, that's bullying, so th- that sort of thing. That's what I always saw. Right. <laughs> well, so uh, welcome to episode two, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for mm-hmm. getting through episode one and deciding to listen to us again. Uh, that yes. was uh that was a time commitment. It was. Yeah, we had a lot to say about that first episode. We also had a lot of fun. I'm very proud about our discussion that first episode. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, the recording's slightly crunchy, but I don't. I think <laughs> it was actually pretty decent. Right. Well, and this is our uh, first go with our new audio equipment, so uh, hopefully it uh-huh. sounds a and, little bit uh, better than the first episode. Yeah, and this is absolutely our first time recording this episode. Boink. <laughs> <laughs> we d- definitely did not have an issue with our new audio setup the first time we tried to record this yep uh got those audio learning curves to deal with well anyway so kyle why don't you walk us through what uh, happened in this episode yes i will of course zach <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> so in this episode we learn a lot about sunnydale and how it's on a hell mouth and how the master is trying to open the hell mouth and how he's trying to regain his strength so that he can walk again on the above ground. And uh, it's this whole thing called the harvest, and Buffy Mm -hmm. and her friends uh, do all sorts of things to make sure that it doesn't happen. And they Mm. thwart the master's plan, and... Uh, by combining their efforts. If it wouldn't have been for those damn kids. Those damn Scoobies. Those meddling <laughs> Scoobies. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, uh, if you're a new listener, this hasn't come up in the show yet, but in the show, they do eventually end up calling themselves a Scooby Gang. Mm-hmm. And the fan name for our main characters is the Scoobies. Oh, yeah. So when they go to the library for that debrief every episode. Yes. Scooby meeting. 'Cause they uh they fight monsters and stuff and that's what, you know, the Scooby Doo gang proper does. Mm-hmm. Uh so Zach, do you have any trivia for us about the harvest? Well, let me just pull that up here in my handy dandy notes. Yeah, I um uh Wanted to just start out by saying um, kind of a continuation of what we started with last episode, that uh, The Harvest aired immediately after Welcome to the Hellmouth, so the audiences didn't have to wait a very long time. That's why these two episodes are coming out on the same day. Oh my god. What? (laughs) Anyway, so they both aired on Monday, March 10th, 1997 on WB. Um, And uh, so after that cliffhanger with Luke, they didn't have to wait very long. Uh this episode is directed by John T. Kretschmer. And uh he was a pretty prolific director. I'm just gonna read off some of the highlights that I found on his IMDB page and a few things that I think kind of lend themselves to maybe uh his or what would have helped him direct an episode of Buffy. Regale me. I shall regale you indeed. <laughs> so um, uh his projects include Sequest 2032, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, Sliders. Xena, Warrior Princess, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, I believe the only two of those I've heard of are Xena and Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never seen them either. Right. I, well, I watched Xena and Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, both. They were kind of actually like companion series, and they had crossover episodes, because mm. uh, they're like Greek gish mythology sort was, of uh, xena is like this warlord uh princess who's like trying to redeem herself by going around just kicking ass in the yeah side. i remember i remember seeing xena dvd sets at walmart like when i would walk when before i could drive and i would go, my mom would go shopping and like when you're a mom obviously you don't want to like go do everything by yourself and when you're a kid your mom asks you if you want to go to the store with her and you're like, Ugh, why would I want to go to the store with you? But it's because <laughs> she doesn't want to just go shopping alone. She's been working all day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would go to the store with my mom and while she was doing stuff, I would go look at the DVDs and video games and stuff. Oh yeah. And same. I'd always see Zeno the Zeno warrior princess. And, uh, I was always very intrigued by it, but I never saw it. Yeah. I used to, uh, I remember watching it on a uh, cable TV at uh, my grandma's house because she had cable and we did not. And, uh, <laughs> Back when that this was is a thing. This is Arkansas, rural Arkansas. Uh-huh. And for you kids who are like, why don't you just watch it on Netflix? <laughs> um, such a thing did not exist back then. Uh, but and yeah. Also, so some of us are very poor and did not have access to all the TV in the world. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I just remember her like uh, kind of being this badass woman and throwing her little frisbee ring of death around and going, uh so anyway that's basically compelling yes also heavy like super strong queer uh tones in that show because she had a companion gabrielle it 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 sounds like she used her tongue a lot to make that sound she did (laughs) it was limbered up for sure (laughs) uh, but yeah she had this this friend heavy air quotes uh, named gabrielle who was like her kind of companion slash super queer coded lover in the 90s because you couldn't have too many outright gay people in there Mm. um anyway off of that big tangent we also have uh some of his other works include riverdale 13 reasons why and he's also working on the upcoming uh walker texas ranger reboot (laughs) so he's had a lot of experience with like kind of actiony things and things in like the kind of supernatural sci-fi world. So I think uh, it really makes sense that this guy um, directed an episode of Buffy. Ironically, I have seen much more Walker, Texas Ranger than any of those other things, because (laughs) when I was a teenager, there was an old man living in our house for a significant period because of his health issues and his relation to my stepdad and uh he watched walker texas ranger on like tv land or something all the time <laughs> nice yeah i mean if nothing else this guy has a lot of experience with those kind of fight scenes where people are going whoop. Whoops, whoops, yeah all of and, the like, uh post production sound effects <laughs> right so um the uh yeah i i don't really have any new location uh trivia or anything like that for us though because We did not get anything new, uh, since these two first episodes are basically kind of the same episode. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, these are basic. This is an episode part one and part two, really, even though it's technically two episodes. It's like they wanted to make two episodes, like, just in case they... Sorry, I'm really distracted right now because our cat is crawling into a takeout bag and curling up inside <laughs> of it. Uh anyway. As yes, he is want to do. These two yes. These two episodes are basically like one big episode, but it's like you you can never guarantee what you're gonna get in a schedule and stuff like that, so. Uh what did you think about this episode before we get into the discussion, Zach? Just a uh, real quick um, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I think it's a very good continuation off of the first one. And uh, I don't know, it's almost like these two together could be a TV movie. And you wouldn't really like, you know, they don't lose anything by being separate, really, but they also uh, work really well together. Yeah, I agree. I didn't like watching this episode as a standalone isn't quite like as fun as watching the first episode. because mm-hmm. The first episode, like you're introduced to character after character and like you're learning so many new things and uh, all this stuff is happening. And this episode is a little bit slower, there's a lot more exposition, and even if you were to put them together, it'd be like most of the stuff happens in the first half of it, and then it gets slower until the climax, which would be kind of weird, but... They're separate. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't like it quite as much as the first episode, I guess, but for yeah. a season one Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, this is pretty dang good still. <laughs> I guess it doesn't have like, uh, yeah, it doesn't have any extreme dead guys or anything like that. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, that kind of spice. But I, for me, what really kind of elevates it is getting deeper into the world. Yes, absolutely. You have so many nice. questions after that first episode. Oh yeah, and this answers. Some of them. Yes, I agree. And leaves you with a lot more, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. Well, anyway, it's time to move on to the segment where we dive deep into the episode and share our thoughts. Uh, We're going to uh, discuss the entire episode in depth, and we're going to give a little cheeky foreshadowing that, of course, won't spoil anything for you. Yes, so we start the episode with our In Every Generation speech yet again, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is going to happen several (laughs) times throughout this first season. Not going anywhere for a minute. Yes, it's still kind of weird and awkward. Giles is even going to try and give this speech later in the episode. Mm -hmm. Whatever. (laughs) So we uh, pick up exactly where the last episode left off. Luke is attacking Buffy in this little coffin thing in the mausoleum. And uh, you can see her sort of. It's kind of hard to tell if you're not paying really close attention, but you can see her sort of like trying to grab something off of her. And it turns out to be that silver cross that the mysterious, creepy stranger gave her in the last episode. And uh, so she like holds it up to her chest, and the vampire is like repelled by it. Luke is repelled by it. And uh, it. I just think it's really cool. If you're paying attention, you can see Buffy was not wearing this. Like it's you, you can right. kind of be inclined to think that she was just wearing it and it repelled him cuz he just like got too close to it or something, but no. She actually had to while she was being attacked by this guy and like pinned down in this coffin, she had to grab it from like her pocket or something and like mm-hmm. bring it up to repel him. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. And it almost kind of like you see it like fall out almost like on her chest a little bit. And you see like you you kinda see it there and then she grabs it or like after it's hurt his hand or whatever and she kinda further uses it. Uh one of the things I noticed in the uh cold open is so she like fights off Luke Mm -hmm. and he leaves and she goes to kind of chase him and she runs out of the thing and then she gets two vampires off of Willow. Yes, and Willow Sorry, <laughs> I'm interrupting you again. I apologize. Surprise. Uh, and after she gets them off of Willow, she has this, like, weird deer-in-headlights look, and then she, like, runs to hide behind a tombstone, which I thought was very interesting. It was very weird-looking to me. Oh, I just thought she was running to grab the uh She doesn't grab stick. the branch until, like, later. Like, she doesn't... She's, like, waiting behind the tombstone, and then later... With the other vampires, she, like, the she sees the other vampires with Xander, and then she grabs that tree branch. Okay. Like, after, after the vampire gets away from Willow, she, Buffy's like, what's... She, she gets this, like, weird, like, whoa look, I- and she runs and hides behind a tombstone. I guess I just need to try to go back and see what you're talking about. Yeah. The last I, I don't time we talked that. about this, uh, you were like, well, she's going, she was going to get the tree branch, but that was not, she didn't get that until a little bit after. But yeah. So what I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted for the millionth time is <laughs> that, uh, so Willow kind of runs around the corner and she's like Xander. And uh, there's this statue there with these white flowers in its armpit. So yes. it's just sitting there like uh, it, like, and they're in like a little plastic kind of thing. Like you get, when you buy flowers at the store. Yeah, I didn't notice that, and you showed me the picture. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so random. I, I don't know if that's just something like if they were filming in a real life cemetery and somehow didn't notice that. I, it's got to be on purpose. It's right in front of her. And, like, I don't, I feel like you would leave the flowers at the foot of the statue if it, beca- if it was because it was someone you knew. Anyway, <laughs> we can't we can't talk about these flowers too much. The mystery flowers. If anybody knows, if anybody knows what the mystery flower is about, please uh, put that in the comments. Yes. So, uh, Willow yells. Zay! and some other vampires are like distracted and that's when Buffy grabs the tree branch she shows how very resourceful she is and she breaks off that tree branch just like she broke off the foot of the stool in the last episode and she uh, dusts a vampire with it but the vampire does not get dusted on screen uh she just like pokes it into him while he's off screen and presumably he turns into dust because, uh, as you said, it costs them a lot of money to dust vampires. Very expensive. I just want to point out if at any point during this recording you hear anything weird... (laughs) Our cat has gone insane (laughs) and has, like, extreme zoomies. Yes, on our first try recording this episode, he was just fine, but he is running around the apartment. It is crazy. We also have so many bags for him to play in, so it's partially our fault. Yeah, he loves bags, so (laughs) we leave one or two laying around for him to climb in. Yeah, so Willow say, not Willow. Buffy saves Willow and Xander, but the vampires have gotten away with Jesse, and we end the scene with Buffy looking off t- into the distance and saying, "Jesse, <laughs> Jesse." It's and very melodramatic. A couple things I want to point out right there. One, uh, that really makes me think about that um, that guy commercial. And it was called Words Can Hurt or something like that. Because I looked it up on YouTube trying, because I was like, I, I remembered it and I wanted to watch it again. And uh, it's just like, it's themed like a Western. And the guy's name is Jesse, I guess. And he's having this dramatic thing with his wife. And then he rides off into the sunset. But then he <laughs> runs into one of the letters on the screen and like falls over. And it says Words Can Hurt. And one of the last things before the commercial cuts is just the wife looking in the distance like, Jesse? <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this made me think of is that why jesse jesse so <laughs> that's so funny i've it, never seen that yeah it's called words can hurt so uh, if you want to find that on youtube uh, geico on commercials then. used to be so fucking weird used i remember uh, yeah i mean they're still weird but they're not as weird i remember as a kid we were living in this trailer at one point and i saw this geico commercial that was like a news report with a volcano erupting and then i was afraid for like months that the lava was going to reach us and i was going to die that has nothing to do with buffy (laughs) but i had to share it so anyway they Um, go back to oh i'm not finished i'm so sorry (laughs) still want to share some stuff my gosh so anyway uh i also want to point out that when she says jesse in, she doesn't have a southern accent, but when she says, when Buffy says Jesse uh, in the show, there is an owl hooting behind her. Oh, yes. And uh, I only noticed that on one of the rewatches because of the uh, subtitles that said owl hooting. And then I went back and turned it up. and It is so soft. But you can hear it. And um, an owl is actually a death omen in some cultures. So uh, I'm guessing, like... I know that the people who worked on the show are extremely detail-oriented people, and I think that was probably purposeful. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, I think it's really a neat. really neat little bit of foreshadowing that they sprinkle in there. I agree. And so... Because, uh, guess what? Jesse dies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that wasn't a uh, recording from our first episode. <laughs> that was, was me saying it just again. Kind of saying it right there. And, uh, yeah. So then we move, uh, they're back at school. So this is this, we can tell they're like talking about how this happened last night. So they went to the bronze, they went clubbing on a school night. It was Uh so late. We can't talk about the bronze anymore. I just had to point that out. This is the next fucking day. (laughs) They're Uh back at school. Uh, so, and later we learned, do we know it's the next day? Yes, we do, because later Joyce says that Buffy didn't come home last night. But, oh, so, but, I mean, they could have just gone back to the library, though. But uh, why would Giles It's not be dark, there? though, they're, and they're at school. Like, there's the computer class later and Buffy yeah, leaving yeah. school. That's true. I just meant for this. Gosh, Zach! I just meant for this library meeting. Uh, well, Because it kind of seems like it takes place immediately after. No, because they're in different outfits. Uh, oh, okay. Willow's wearing her overalls and the stripy shirt. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, and also, I just have to point out that in this, in this, this second day, Willow is wearing an outfit that is so far removed from the outfit she wears in the first episode. The outfits she wears in the first episode are like so weird and hideous and they're crazy. And her mom picked out her clothes for her for some reason, even though it doesn't seem like the first day of school. And today she's just like wearing some overalls and like this orange long sleeve shirt. It's actually kind of cute. And if the overalls were like a little bit more fitted, I could see someone just like wearing that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're back at the school. It's the next day, and Giles gives everyone this history lesson. He says, contrary to popular mythology, this uh, world didn't begin as a paradise. A paradise, paradise, <laughs> sort of like referring to the Adam and Eve story from uh, Christianity. And he says that for eons, demons roamed the earth and it was their realm, but eventually humans sort of became the, the uh, dominant sort of, I don't know, creatures, species on the earth. And now the vampires are sort of vestiges of these demons who roamed the earth. And the vampires are just waiting for the humans to die out and for it to be a demon time again, right. and uh, there's a lot of questions that this kind of raises, and like it kind of ties back to like Buffy being able to use the cross on the vampire. I mean, of course, we know that the crosses are like associated with being able to repel vampires from like vampire lore, but like in this universe, it's almost like they're making a stance on the fact that a uh, vampire that god exists i guess yeah it's very weird because it would seem to suggest that the christianity creation story is wrong and christianity isn't real at least the way we know it but crosses repel vampires still (laughs) yeah and i mean it it does make a lot of sense i tried to actually kind of research this to find out like if there was any answer from the creators of the show and the closest I could find was this writing article that was very dubious, and I, I don't trust it. But <laughs> a lot of the interesting fan explanations that I found included stuff like uh, that the cross, it's the people's belief in the cross that repels the vampires. So like just the fact that like enough people maybe in the world believe in the religion that is behind that symbol, and that's what repels them. And they just hate that kind of like belief, uh, which I could kind of see. As an explanation. Because in a second, we cut back to the underground lair and the master's like, I can't believe I'm stuck here in this place of worship. Yeah, he says it so, like, venomously. And another explanation that I found kind of interesting was that the cross is kind of like this uh, very old, like, proto-human or, like, super prehistoric representation of the sun. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, not the cross is, like, the Christian cross, but just, like, the cross of, like, two things intersecting, yes. and that that is a symbol of the sun, and yeah, maybe cause that's, that's sort why of they like, repel vampires, because they hate the sun, and the sun kills them. It's like when you see the star in the sky, and it looks like a little X mm-hmm. thing, and I wonder, I don't know a whole lot about just, like, real-world vampire mythology, but I wonder if it's possible that that is the origin of crosses being able to repel vampires but you know who knows anyway it's like this weird thing uh they have lots of explanations and cool lore for stuff in this show but that's something that never really gets explained which is probably purposeful yeah probably because they like this is just the stuff that works against vampires and we all know this so it doesn't who cares but it's it's an interesting thing like when you've rewatched it a few times yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, This is where we get Willow saying, I need to sit down. (laughs) uh, Buffy saying, you already are sitting, or you are sitting down. And then Willow says, oh. Good, Good for me. me. Which I love. It's so relatable. Willow does not need to physically sit down because she already is. She <laughs> right. emotionally needs to sit <laughs> down, which I find very relatable because I have this, I have this thing in my inner monologue whenever I'm like anxious or like annoyed or tired that I always I'm always like, I want to go home. And there are times when I have said it while I am at the apartment while I am at home <laughs> just because of the way I'm I do not physically want to go home. I emotionally need to go home. <laughs> right, yeah. I I think a lot of people can relate to that. And uh she also says something like she's talking about the vampires and what happened and she's like does anybody mind if I pass out?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes she does that later too. That was also yeah. very funny. Uh a couple other things I want to talk about in this scene is Xander's shirt. Yes, is so weird. It's like mushrooms, and they're like a green. It's all the same kind of green color on like a white fabric, and it's like these different mushrooms with like kind of a grass print in between the mushrooms. It's it's very Hawaiian shirt, even though it's not like a floral print. It's also (laughs) very baggy because he's a boy in the late nineties. Yeah, of course. And uh, I just (laughs) that shirt really stuck out to me because. I mean, I love mushrooms, and I, I have uh, mushrooms as a design on the back of my phone case. Uh, but I don't, I don't know about this shirt. It is quite questionable. It, it, yes. <laughs> well, well, the grass pattern just makes it look very moldy. It's, yeah, it, it's it kind of reminds me of like a sofa. Yeah, like something you'd see in the '70s, maybe, which yeah. fits for Xander actually. And then I also liked the line. Um, when she's talking to them about uh like excuses that you try to tell yourself to make you uh-huh. think you didn't see a vampire it's like oh those weren't vampires those were just guys in thunder need of a facial yeah in thun- <laughs> like thundering need of a facial yeah. thunder i whatever it she said says thundering in the subtitles but it sounded to me like she just said thunder need. <laughs> yes. which i think is really funny it's very st- it was very strange sounding yeah so then we move on underground and Jesse's being escorted into the master's lair. Darla tells the master that his blood is pure, which I'm like, does that mean he's, are you, do you mean he's a virgin? I believe do it's you- pronounced virgin. V- virgin. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like, does, that has to be what she's talking about, right? Because he's also a huge creep. Like, it's not like he's pure hearted or something. Yeah, I think it must be that. Yeah, uh, and the master's very mad. She, he's like, "I'm a so I'm your little dog. You bring your scraps to me." Right. And Darla's like, "Oh," and then he threatens her. And Luke starts telling the master about Buffy. Uh-huh. And, he, and says, he says, "She knew of our breed. Yes, she knows of our breed." And the master is, he's like, "Do you think she could be a slayer?" And he <laughs> he just... has does this really funny pose. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, well, and he does this a lot of times where he's looking up, like he, I think a lot of times it's intentional. Sometimes I wonder about it, but he looks like he's looking up at the surface like, oh, a slayer up there? Yeah. And uh, he's always got his hands kind of crossed very, yes. like, over his, like, chest. Like, I guess that's supposed to probably imitate, like, being, a body like, in, in a coffin. coffin. Yeah, uh-huh. but it looks like he's just showing off those nails, and honey. He, oh. you, yeah, you can see his long nails, and also, it's not like, stiff like a corpse would be in a coffin right. his his wrists are kind of like doing the spongebob like gay thing <laughs> right, the which, little limp wrist thing which he has the, is he wristband yes so like yeah i mean the yeah the master is definitely heavily queer coded villain uh-huh and he's very excited that there may be a slayer on the surface uh-huh and i i just i really like how i want to say again how i really love his makeup and how it just makes him look like a bat And how different he looks from all the other vampires. Um, Fun trivia fact. Do you know the master's uh, actual name? I do not. Oh, it is Heinrich Joseph Nest. Mm. Fun fact there. You told me that the last time we tried to record this episode, <laughs> and I forgot. So I legitimately still did not know. I mean, fair. But yeah, um, I think uh, someday we should try to do like a Puffy trivia thing. It's like extra fun. Oh, yeah. Fun. Maybe they could pay us to go to Skinny jays and write the <laughs> trivia <laughs> questions. You're right. Just for Buffy. So we cut back to the school with the Scoobies. There's more exposition. Uh, Giles starts to try to make the In Every Generation speech and yes. Buffy's like he loves saying that And then he gets really sassy when she cuts him <laughs> off And he's like fine Buffy's a slayer Don't tell anybody <laughs> yeah. He's it's like so that's funny. it I guess I won't Impart my wisdom on you <laughs> This is when Willow Says she wants to pass out And uh, Buffy's talking about how Luke was mentioning an offering to the master, and she thinks that Jesse might still be alive and they can still save them. And that's when Willow suggests, she's like, well, I mean, this is the first thing anyone would think of, but, like, why don't don't we call the police? Right, which is important. It's important to establish, like... Because, you know, if they didn't say something about that, people would be like, well, why? What about the police? Yeah. And like I was trying to say a second ago, it's really (laughs) important to establish, like, why people in the real world can't get involved. Like, why it has to be Buffy. Like, why these people? And Giles, first of all, is like, well, they'd believe us, being sarcastic. right? And Buffy says they'd only bring guns, which starts a very long vendetta that this show has against Mm -hmm. guns. Right. Uh, because, I mean, guns can't kill vampires, so mm-hmm. and only I, wooden stakes can. Right, and I, I, there's another line in this whole explanation about vampires that I really love where Xander is, uh, or Buffy is talking about, she's like, uh, they just uh, disappeared and then they could have, voom, and Xander's like, they can fly? <laughs> and she's like, they can drive? Yes, <laughs> so, that's another, that's very funny. So good. Because you're like, a lot of this episode is like affirming a bunch of the things Uh about vampires are true but also other things are false right so it's that like they're actually demons who have mixed their blood with humans uh we forgot to mention earlier that Giles says the last demon to leave this reality mixed their blood with the humans and that was the first vampire Mm -hmm. and so that's like that's not really a thing that happens in vampire lore so that's like a, yeah. a vampires are different but then we have all the ways to fight them are the same but also they can't fly but they can drive well right I like I, well I think for one that's a really really smart way to sneak in your exposition but two it's a really good way uh, to get around the fact that they didn't want to do the things that vampires are supposed to be able to do that would be the most expensive to make basically. yes <laughs> they can't turn into bats they, they can't, can't turn fly into smoke. Yes. <laughs> no missed form. They can't disappear. <laughs> if you, uh, any Anybody who plays the uh, board game unmatched. They can only no form, do the though. things missed that we form. can afford. To do on screen once or twice, which is turned into dust. Yes, Uh, this is also where they establish that vampires get around underground because they can't be in the sunlight. They really jam on the sewer systems. Yes, can get anywhere around the town without catching any rays. And that's when Xander somehow knows that there are electrical (laughs) tunnels (laughs) underground. Question mark? Does his? I don't think it's ever established like that. Like, do his parents don't work in construction or anything? I don't know. It's very weird. Weird that yeah. He, like who? What random sixteen-year-old boy knows about electrical tunnels underground? I think it's just a, a thing that you're just supposed to accept really quickly. That yeah, sure. Xander would know that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, whatever. And not really think about it because I definitely didn't until <laughs> this watch. So we move back to the master's lair, we're just cutting back and forth between the library and the master's lair. It's really cool. It's like the heroes are having a meeting and the villains are having a meeting. And uh, there's the, the transitions never feel weird. Like even though they're just in two places and they're going two places and they're going back and forth, the transitions always feel like really natural. No, I think it was actually a really smart choice to chop up uh-huh. all of this stuff. I agree. So that none of it seems overly long. So yeah, because it's so much exposition. Yeah, it adds a lot of movement to the dialogue and to the action of the show. Yes. So, so. in the back in the lair, they're pretty. They're talking about how they're pretty sure Buffy is a Slayer because uh, Luke <laughs> is apparently a really strong vampire, and the last time anyone almost got the jump on him was in madrid in 1843 <laughs> right which starts a long run of this show being like well at this time in history and this place in history this happened because i'm a million years old <laughs> right which i mean i think they do a lot with luke like with his costuming and stuff to show like he's old like and the chapter. way he i mean the way he talks to yes. he's just like the i i reveal you I, the in madrid 1843. <laughs> he a lot of the other vampires just like seem like... She knew people. of our breed. She knew of our breed. Uh, a lot of the other vampires are a lot more modern-seeming, like teenagers mm. sometimes even, they kind of right. look like. And uh, he just seems a lot older and uh, more experienced. Maybe he's just strong and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. That's the vibe I get from Luke. Uh, but, so the... uh, I also wanted to just point out that I when I, I wrote in my notes, why does the master keep looking up? Like It just yes. looks like he's looking up the entire time. And I can't tell if it's just that the angle he's standing and the makeup makes it... Oh, I just hit my microphone. The angle he's standing uh, and his makeup, the way the arches over the eyes go, makes it just look like he's looking up. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure he's looking up to the sky like or 2 The ground. Oh, and uh, we mentioned earlier that he is mad that he's in a place of worship. And this is another beginning of a trend, like many in this episode, where they are in an underground place underneath Sunnydale that used to be a building. (laughs) Or that some major plot point was sunken into the ground a long time ago by an earthquake. (laughs) So uh, they're they're pretty sure that Buffy is a slayer. And the master is like, well, if she is a slayer, she's going to come save her friend. So we're going to use him Mm. as bait. So uh, then we cut back to the library, uh willow's doing stuff on a computer, and, because they're trying to find underground the underground tunnels and, that they just figured out and, are probably uh, there this is uh I, I think this is a thing we could count like willow hacking, yes, something. this is our first instance of willow hacking, yes, um, also a card hacking in the uh buffy unmatched box, if you oh yes, play that yes board game. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, this is, we see Willow um, casually stumble across, what'd she say? Stumbled she into accidentally the and, decrypted the council security yeah. <laughs> system. Very 90s hacker oh girl. Oh my gosh. She rerouted the encryption codes. This reminded me, you've never seen Sensate, right? I started it, but I got We should watch it. There's a character named Naomi in there who's very like, I hacked this blah, 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 which is, it's, even though it's in, like, the 2010s, it's very similar to this. So, uh, it's very TV acting, TV hacking, but also, I wouldn't really be that surprised if a teen, a really smart teenage girl who is good with computers can hack a government security system. I mean, a city government one in the 90s. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so it's it makes not, a lot of sense. You don't have to suspend too much disbelief. Yeah, and it's one—it's one of several instances of Willow already being very helpful in this episode. Well, like I mean, I think you're supposed to get from this first episode that Willow is very intelligent, and, and that like Buffy kind of like her friends are going to be one of the things that makes her like unique as a Slayer and makes it like helps her do all of these things. Absolutely. So and, uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, one thing I wanted to point out too, though back onto the hacking i just think it's so funny though (laughs) even if she has the skill to imagine someone hacking any kind of government agency with a school computer oh yes because (laughs) they can't spend money on good computers well well, and as teachers i mean we were both we both taught for a few years and i like the school computers at my school were like pretty up-to-date imax and i know that uh those things were slow as crap from all the dumb things that kids did to them and from all the like yes. filters and things that have to be put on them for safety. So I, <laughs> I don't, uh, <laughs> it would have been a real big struggle to do that. But so anyway. they also, they're just talking about how they can figure out how to get into these tunnels, and Buffy realizes that Luke didn't come into the entrance of the mausoleum earlier he came from behind her Mm -hmm. so she's pretty sure that that is the entrance to these tunnels and that's when she calls herself a an ableist slur right which is not fun but you know it's the late 90s yeah they did not understand about these things then it wasn't the worst one but it's still not very fun (laughs) yeah i it's really weird to see how far we've come like in being aware of these kind of things yes and like to just think like you don't think of this as being that long ago, and uh, she, then she says she's talking about how it's her job to do this because I'm the Slayer and you're not, and that's when Xander gets a bruise on his penis <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, so I'm not, a, I'm less than a man because you can do this <sighs> and I can't." It's so fucking annoying. She, you literally call her a superhero later in this episode. Yeah. What the fuck, Xander? Like, I I understand that he's distressed and he's upset that he can't really do anything to help, and that's the whole thing here. But the whole like, I'm not a man because this superhero girl can kill vampires, and I'm not good at it. (laughs) And well, and I think that in a way, Xander is this really great illustration, though, of like the shit that Buffy has to deal with. Uh, Yes, as a woman. And as the Slayer, like, she, she has is two this episodes with all shit from men from, like, being like, <laughs> Yeah, just don't forget about the last episode when Jesse and Xander are, like, hitting on her really weird after yeah. she starts talking to Willow the first time. Yeah. So, anyway, that happens. Shut the fuck up, Xander. And... <laughs> Uh, Giles is talking about how Willow is trying to wrest information from, <laughs> from this dread, dread machine. machine. And he says, that was a bit British, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe British counter would be a good one for these early seasons. Yeah. We can't. We can. I I am committing to Xander horny counter. And that is it. Oh, you I have can one count that other I'm things. suggesting in the next episode for sure. That oh, okay. I have okay. to do. So... Um, that then, then Buffy like goes to go back to the mausoleum to help Jesse, and Giles is like, "Do I need to tell you to be careful?" And she just. Turns back and looks at him Mm -hmm. knowingly. I forgot to mention every time you get a close-up on Buffy's face this episode, you can see like her 90s makeup. (laughs) She has this like. I don't know if in the last episode, she was definitely wearing this shiny pink lip gloss. I can't Mm -hmm. tell if it's lip gloss or lipstick in this episode. I would imagine both. It's like bright pink. And then she always has this blue eyeshadow all around Mm -hmm. her eyes. Very, very 90s. No one would be caught. Dead today wearing makeup <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, it looks fine, but Yeah, I mean it's of the time. Yes, exactly. Imagine like if someone is on RuPaul's drag race and they go in that go out and makeup that tries to emulate that. <laughs> I think that's what they called garage doors on Wednesdays. Yes, yes. When you when your eye eyeshadow is all just like one color. hmm Uh so then Buffy tries to leave and uh, Principal Flutie accosts her. The gate is open at first. Mm-hmm. She's trying to just walk out through the open gate and he's like, what are you doing, young lady? <laughs> not very cool anymore, P- Principal Flutie. Right. Like, maybe you should stop trying to act cool to new students <laughs> when you're going to accost them like this on the second day. It's, I mean, it's understandable I that mean, he's trying to keep her from leaving campus. I think he but. still does it with kind of like cool principal attitude. He's not like, what are you doing, you idiot? Get yeah, in here. Yeah, right. that's true, because uh, after she, she's like, "Oh, I guess I'll stay," and he's like, "Oh, okay, that's a nice young lady." Blah, like, blah blah blah. <laughs> My favorite thing he says in that thing is because she tries to use Giles as like an excuse, and we want yes, to see. Yes, she says that work. Giles sent her to get a buy a book, which right. like why no teacher would ever believe that. No, and he's like. Well, i don't know how they do things in britain they've got that royal family and all those problems yes <laughs> which i love so funny and uh, also buffy says that she's just admiring the fence at first which right. is also very quality funny. fence work. oh and this is where she has the sunglasses mm-hmm. that are like a weird shape and make her look like a mom oh yeah well i mean i think that shape was probably a little bit popular back then maybe probably because but- To me, right now, she looks like a mom. Well, I remember her in Cruel Intentions having like kind of a similar, and I could be wrong, but like a similar sunglasses shape. If you haven't watched Cruel Intentions with Sarah Michelle Gellar, you need to watch That movie is fucking crazy. It is wild. It is insane. Oh, my gosh. I love it, but just because of the 90s and the craziness of it all. But anyway, um, one thing I want to say, too, about this scene is Principal Flutie absolutely did not lock that padlock. Like, you can fully yes. see this. You can see it kind of swinging and off to the side. And you can <laughs> see the light between, like, where the little, like, hook and yes. the, the lock itself. So, he did not lock that. And but, then uh, Buffy just jumps the fence because she's a superhero. Right. And we get the sound effect. Yes, which the whoosh. It's very, like, if you saw it as a comic book, it would say, whoosh exclamation point Uh uh-huh and then we move back to willow and xander in the hallway talking Mm -hmm. about their research xander's like yesterday i was just a normal person and today it's reign of toads (laughs) yeah which is very funny such a good yesterday my life was like "Uh oh pop quiz and he's talking about how like he's upset that he can't really help because buffy's doing the fighting and willow and giles are doing all this research and he's just standing around like an idiot willow says not just just standing right (laughs) trying to like (laughs) Kind of, I don't know, not very effectively make you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So uh, it's sort, it's, I mean, it's understandable that you feel bad. Just don't do the whole "I'm less than a man" thing. Right. Well, this scene to me is a lot more relatable. Yes, this one makes much more sense. I just don't want to stand around and do nothing. Like instead of tying it to like. It is incumbent upon my masculinity that I fight the vampires and the to maintain my peace. stand by. Yeah, like, I, I think this scene is a lot better. And he's like, I really like him saying, too, it's like we've got this big secret. And Willow's <laughs> like, we do. That's what the secret is. And yes, so we know something the other guys don't. Absolutely. And, and uh, 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 that, and he says "He says to Willow, you should get to class. And yeah. Willow says, you mean we, we should get to class. Foreshadowing. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> quite subtle (laughs) and uh Anyway, so then we cut to Buffy get going into the mausoleum. A very well-lit mausoleum. Yes. I mean, I guess if the door is open and the sunlight's coming in, I don't... It didn't seem very big from the outside. It's pretty well lit. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have, like, skylights or something, but anyway. Her sunglasses are on her head now. Why didn't mm-hmm. she just leave them somewhere? <laughs> Imagine well, trying, trying to, to be... fight vampires with sunglasses. She was just trying to be incognito walking through school Right. A, with sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) so no one could recognize her as she was in disguise and uh, she's trying to get the door open because it has these chains on it and that's when creepy stranger pops up again (laughs) very weird very cocky and arrogant but listen okay the like weird arrogance combined with David Boreanaz's like weird bad acting here I thought was kind of (laughs) hot yeah I mean uh (laughs) He himself is pretty hot. Yes, and but so. just like even the way he's not yeah. cuz he has this attitude but also his acting is bad and the bad acting kind of makes it more hot somehow. And I think <laughs> well, and I think too it's funny because through the scene you kind of get this sense that Buffy is into him just a little bit. Yeah, true. And I get it. <laughs> right, and she kind of cuz uh he says something like i figured it would take you a little while but i didn't think it would take you this long and she's like sorry to make you wait yeah he's just <laughs> being rude to her but and like, also he's clearly been stalking her but the way she delivers that line is very like you bitch yeah right cold. like it's very like uh-huh. it's because the last time they met she was like get away from me you creepy yeah. weirdo <laughs> well, and this was, time like, it's more bantery at night i guess uh-huh Although, yeah right stalking her in a very well lit mausoleum, so I don't know how much better that is. I'm, maybe he was just already there. He seems to know <laughs> a lot about these people, mm-hmm. so, which gets us into. He's like, they don't like me very much, and she's like, imagine that. Or, I, <laughs> I wonder why, or something like that. It's so funny. Uh-huh. And you shouldn't go down there because the harvest is happening tonight. And she's like, well, I have to. I have to save my friend. Do you know what it's like to have a friend? And then he's just looking, he just, like, looks down, like, dejectedly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. And then she says. That wasn't, or su- er, wait, that wasn't supposed to be a stumper. <laughs> yes. I thought that was very <laughs> that funny. Was such good writing. I love it. And he says that they're probably, like, uh, the tunnels probably lead toward the school. And that's when Buffy, like, she does she break the chains or something? How does she get in there? I can't I think remember. she just looks at it and just, like. Yanks it and just breaks it. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then she uh, starts to, she says, are you going to wish me good luck? He says nothing. And then she leaves. And then right before the commercial break, he says, good luck. luck. (laughs) Very softly. Based on the fact that last episode we talked about, they didn't know what Angel was at this point. It makes a lot of sense that he didn't go with her because if he was going to interact with these vampires, it would be really hard to not, show what he is. Uh If he is something normal human or if he's something supernatural. It'd be really tough to kind of
1: So they're like, let's just make him be creepy
0: and weird and like (laughs) tell David Borianis not to work too hard on the acting. (laughs) (laughs) And and we'll just bring him back later when we figure out what he's supposed to be. And well I mean it it makes sense though for him to be like for the for the acting to be a little crunchy because like if you're care if if he doesn't know what the character is. Yeah, right. It's really hard. It would I it would be extremely hard I would think to relate to that and like act that out without That's knowing true. like how am I what what am I in this world? How am I relating to Buffy? Like it would be tough to make I'll that. just act like a creepy weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until so. I'm given further information. So she goes down underground and uh she continues to descend this like staircase. I don't know it's th- does this mausoleum just has a staircase that leads underground that leads into electrical tunnels? Right. I don't understand. It has like like it looks like welding tanks. Yeah, right. I don't want to think too much about it. It it's not like it's a very it's like they just picked a basement to use for the set. Right. With it and it's very well lit. Yes, it is still very well lit. There are really big rats that run across her shoes, and then you go. And her shoes are so clean. That's what I was thinking. First of all, her shoes are really clean. Also, what is she? What shoes is she? It looks very chunky, square-toed boots. Yeah, that's what they look like loafers when you just see the toes. Mm. It looks like she's wearing like kind of shiny loafers. No, they're boots for sure. I remember seeing the heel on them. Uh huh. It's like these square toed. My my sister had a a pair of boots that were similar to that. Yes, it's very. It was very funny to me because I cannot imagine anyone wearing those shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in twenty twenties. Uh, and then there's like this big music hit, like this suspenseful hit, and she turns around and Xander is there. Xander mm-hmm. has followed her like a couple of people have so far. Right. And uh, first of all. How the fuck did Xander get off campus? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to understand or to think Xander's been there a while. He would know all the exits off of campus. Yeah. It would also be really weird to have campus, especially at that point in the 90s, completely sealed off from the public. Like, I think Uh that was extremely rare. I mean, even today, schools really aren't. Exactly. Like this. And if Principal Flutie were to lock that gate, like, and he's afraid Buffy's going to try to leave, why wouldn't he just lock all of the exits? Which is also probably, like, a fire hazard or something. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just too, we I can't think you're think not too, supposed to think about it too, yeah, too much. Yeah, we can't think too much about Sunnydale High because it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. somehow, Xander got away from school and has followed her, and Buffy's like, great, I have to protect someone. She tells him to go back, and he refuses. Yes, and I'm really sorry this is out of order. I just thought of this. Um, z- uh, in their whole discussion, uh, Angel tells Buffy that the vampire lair is east towards the high school, which I thought is um, obviously some kind of cheeky foreshadowing. Oh, I for- don't know what that could be foreshadowing for, so I'll figure it out eventually, um, I guess. Uh, it, well, it is. And uh, if you're if you're at home listening, you're like, oh yeah, then uh, go off. But yeah, it's it's definitely some cheeky foreshadowing for this season in particular. I think. Oh, okay. I'm excited but, to figure out what that's about. <laughs> running off, definitely ongoing. But yeah, for sure this season. So yeah, uh, sorry I forgot to put that in that segment. That's okay. So then they have this discussion about vampires and what you can do to Mm -hmm. kill them. All the regular things, fire, crosses. Crosses don't kill them. They just repel them. them. And she hands Sandra the cross, which we see in that little... Uh I can't remember if we see it in the bumper thing or if we just see it I think in, you see it in her dream. Just in her dream, yeah. Yeah. And uh fire, beheading, sunlight, holy water, crosses, wooden <laughs> stakes, garlic. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I really like to how um he says something like um would you expect me to just sit at home and it's like you're supposed to be in school kid yeah right and then, but then also as they kind of go around the corner he's like besides it's this or Ken class <laughs> right <laughs> which is funny it's like i'd rather be here I'd with my life off- in mortal danger yeah, try to save my to friend class. from like multiple vampires yeah and oh and then that's when zord when Z- Zordon, zordy <laughs> 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 That's when Buffy tells him the story about how one time she was pinned down by a vampire who used to be a sports player, a football <laughs> player.
1: <laughs> I can't remember. I, I, think, I think she just, just said a var- linebacker. I thought she, she just
0: said varsity jock. I, I can't remember. I, I, but played she played for the varsity team, maybe. But she right. cut a vampire's head off with an exact. I thought knife. she said linebacker. but <laughs> She might have said, I think she did a say sports? linebacker. sports? Thing? yes uh, she tells a story about how she beheaded a, a jock who you or a vampire who used to be a jock with an exacto knife which is very funny and it comforts xander because he understands <laughs> that buffy can protect him he also brought just a flashlight right. and he turns it on and she's immediately like put that away <laughs> so that they don't see them which is very um, funny gosh and then we cut back to the library with Giles researching in this book that has some illustrations. We see mm-hmm. this three-pronged mark on some demon's head, right? We and see he that says, "Same piece of art that we saw kind of in that really quick cut at the end of the first episode." Yes, and he says, "For they will gather and be gathered. For the vessel pours life on the night of the crescent moon, the first part of the solstice. It will, it will come." And he says, "Spooky That's music tonight." Pills. Yes. <laughs> So tonight, this thing is supposed to happen. Right. And then they cut to computer class, where Mm -hmm. Cordelia is trying to figure out some kind of program. It's so funny to me that in this late 90s show they have this computer class where they're learning to program because mm-hmm. that's not what kids do in computer classes now. Like, they still probably get some computer literacy and stuff, but they, they're they not learning programming. I, just now, like, it's a new thing that Arkansas is, like, coming up with this initiative to teach kids coding. Yeah, like, within the last few years. Exactly. Uh, but so yeah, I mean, it is kind of... Uh... I mean, but also I think there have been coding classes. I mean, yes. definitely. Let's don't hold the entire rest of the country to the Arkansas. Stadium, right, Arkansas has been like 50th. I forever. guess I suppose it does make sense too that Calif- in at a high school in California they would yeah. be teaching coding because you know Silicon Valley and all that. Well, and <laughs> Silicon. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I don't know totally if it was different. a thing back then. Pro- probably not i think well i think too like i mean there wasn't a ton you could do with computers besides that back then right like besides that right maybe some yeah, word they've... processing maybe a little bit uh-huh and right. so, or searching on the internet trying to find out about natural disasters in your town well right <laughs> and i think well first of all i want to point out in this scene we get harmony for yes. the first time they don't name her in this episode right i don't think so. And that blonde girl's name but, is Harmony. But yeah, we 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 meet her, and Cordelia has a conversation. She asks yeah. conversation in quotes. <laughs> she asks, "Are we going to the Bronze tonight?" And then Cordelia says, "No, we're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale." <laughs> And uh, yeah, she's like, of course we're going. It's Friday night, no cover, which I think is really funny. Like, there's no cover on a Friday, Friday night? <laughs> what is this place? Anyway, we're also, not getting in it Also, where are again. all these teenagers getting this money? Listen, we this can't. This is a small town. We cannot descend into this every time we talk about the bronze. <laughs> 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 we have to just let it go. But anyway. Uh, my, my favorite thing about this scene and a later scene I'll talk about is how Cordelia is the one having the conversation and Harmony's just being like a yes man and barely saying anything. Which is her role. Even uh, she asks what Willow's doing because she wants to cheat off of her Uh and Harmony looks over and Harmony just says, she's doing something else. Yeah, because Willow's like researching like murders or like uh, disasters or something. Yes, and um, Harmony's giving no information because Cordelia wouldn't care anyway. Yeah, exactly. Cordelia's talking about how at the Bronze last night, Buffy was like running after her and saying she was going to kill her. Yeah, and that's when this weird this guy just pops out from <laughs> behind a computer. It's so fun. He's like, "Who? Buffy? What? Who said what? What's he doing?" He's such like a California like. Surfer dude, kind of. It is so funny, or slash stoner, even a little bit. And she just starts telling him about how Buffy's weird, and uh, she's like attacking her. And Willow says, "She's not weird." And then Cordelia Mm -hmm. says, Uh, "Excuse me, who gave you permission to exist?" And she says, "Do I horn in (laughs) on your private conversations?" (laughs) No, no. Why? Because you're boring.
1: (laughs) Very funny.
0: Cordelia is. Cornelia is winning the the reading challenge yes. on Drag Race. Like Always. if she gets on, she is scorching those bitches constantly also she's wearing this like sweater or long sleeve shirt or something that Mm -hmm. has these like fur cuffs at the end (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even notice that not quite as much of a serve as her green pants Mm -hmm. and brown like top and jacket in the first episode but still mm, fashion forward whatever she's she's very on top of things and willow gets up she goes to like xerox something and cordelia is like okay we're done how do we save this and willow says deliver yeah and she's it's funny because you've heard cordelia complaining about this the entire time she's like oh, why do we have to do this isn't this what nerds are for <laughs> and then she says deliver and then cordelia looks down and finds the delete key and she's like oh and then clicks it and then cordelia or charisma carpenter gives this excellent face yes. expression acting like and it's so like she does so much with such a short frame of time where she's like happy that it's done and then instantly into like oh my god she is so shocked it's so good i i just i really love that so much what a wonderful performance oh my gosh she's great i really i love watching her in anything and then we move on to buffy and xander back in these electrical tunnels they're uh getting close buffy can tell because there are no more rats and i'm thinking is that because the rats are scared of the vampires, or is it because the vampires are eating the rats, or both? I, th- I mean, it really could be either, honestly. I would think the, the rats are afraid of the vampires, but I, that's my guess. But why would they be afraid of the vampires if the vampires aren't doing anything to them? Well, just because they're supernatural stuff. And also, you know... Maybe the vampires are just kicking them. Well, maybe they're getting too close to a supernatural. Who's it? I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps animals are supposed to know what magic is somehow. Mm-hmm. So they find Jesse. He's on the ground, and he pops up with this pipe like he's going to attack right. them until he sees them. And he's, like, in this, these shackles. And Xander's like, everything's going to be okay. Buffy's a superhero, which... He didn't seem to understand earlier when he was, his penis was bruised because she can help and he can't. Well, (laughs) and I would just like to say for right now, note Jesse's hair in this scene. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, some hair, some interesting, just note how his hair looks now. (laughs) So then he, they walk through the tunnels and like, he's explaining she's a superhero and all that stuff. And they run into vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Vampires. And they, they, do a lot of stuff in this scene that they don't do later in this series. Like the thing where you see the vampire eyes glowing in the shadows and like the, they do like the creepy hands, like kind of the claws and stuff. Yes. And I think that's really cool. Actually. I really liked that. Uh I know I read on uh, IMDb that that was meant to evoke feelings of the Morlocks in the uh, time machine movie. Mm, Never seen it. And uh, it was also meant uh, to imitate alien. Because she's in these, like, really compact tunnels. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Very like claustrophobic. Sigourney Weaver has to run through an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Or alien. And aliens. I can see that. Mm-hmm. So Jesse is, like, trying to get away with them. And he says, oh, this is where they brought me through. Maybe there's a way out mm-hmm. from there. And so they go into this, like, little room thing. Right. And that's when Jesse is like, I can't remember what uh, Xander says, but then Jesse says, or you, you could, could die. die. And he goes vamp yeah. face. And he has evil hair. Yes, he has bumpy face and evil hair. Yeah, that's his how he knows a vampire. Look at his hair in this scene. It is completely different from the hair that it was 30 <laughs> seconds ago. And it's evil Jesse here. And he gives this whole speech to Xander about how he's a vampire now. He says, you're a shadow to me. He also Mm -hmm. says he can hear the worms in the earth. And Xander says, that's a plus. Yeah, (laughs) right. I just want to point out, I think this right there, that is a perfect encapsulation of something that's so great about this show. Yes. Because a lot of times the vampire or the demon or whatever that they're fighting will deliver this, like, really weird, stilted dialogue. And then a character, like, one of the main characters will come back with, like, something like, well, that's fucking weird. (laughs) And it's really funny because it's, like, they're commenting on, like, all these horror tropes Uh uh, that are so popular and, like, how, like, the villain will always do this monologue, like, you will all die, and it will be because of my master plan. And then they're just kind of like, wow, what a jackass. Yeah, right. And I think it's just so, that's something that made me love this show so much. Yes uh and how does i can't remember do they push like jesse out yeah, of the yeah they like push him out of the room and then they're like trying to shut the door yeah so they get him out of the room and this door is just open and buffy's trying to close it and she can't with her super strength right. and she's like xander i need your help which makes no sense because she's supposed to have super strength <laughs> right. why would one xander be able to close this door when she can't that door was like it was like 10 tons plus one Xander. <laughs> right. Is the pressure needed to close that door. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's one of those things, like, she needs her friends, but this is, yeah. like, a very illogical way of that because I appreciate the symbolism of her needing the friend I will just never believe that Buffy needs Xander's physical strength to help her it's just so they shut the door and Xander's like shining his flashlight around and they see the exit that this event uh like above them and so Buffy goes and she uses her super strength (laughs) to pull it down they go into these ducts and the vampires get in and Thank they're God following vent them. God, that is human-sized, by the way. Yeah, go, its a, these huge fucking vents. Maybe that electrical are, tunnels an are electrical weird. Electrical tunnel—is the electrical tunnel air-conditioned? What? <laughs> right? What's <laughs> so happening? Why is it there? I don't understand. But they anyway. crawl through these tunnels. Z- uh, Buffy makes sure Xander gets out first, and then she starts to go out. The vampires are behind them, and just as Xander's about to finish pulling her out, a, a vampire grabs her ankle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xander like pulls her out just enough so that the sun hits the vampire's right. hand, and, and she's and like, "Xander, it. pull!" Which also I think is ridiculous. I, she could have easily smashed that vampire's hand to pull by kicking it, right? And she's like, Xander, pull! Um, it's like, well, she needs Xander to pull her because he's holding her. Like, mm-hmm. she's not out of the thing yet, so, like, she can't yeah. do anything. I guess that makes sense. Well, and it's just like, Xander probably just shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it, but I think you're right, though, because we've, well, we, like, we've hit on it. It's just, it's, a, it's the show showing you yeah. that Buffy needs friends. And, like, that helps her and makes her stronger. Yes. It's, so it, it's sort of the start of the theme of like the Slayer is supposed to be this isolated force, but Buffy has her friends and that really helps her like do her duty. Which is the whole thing of the show of like looking at these old like ideas and tropes and being like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> right. But anyway, moving so along, they finish. Uh, they get away, and uh, we cut back to the master. He's really mad that Buffy's free and that his underling Colin <laughs> has uh, let her Colin. go. Him, the, this one person specifically. Uh, maybe he's the yeah. one who had like he grabbed was the her. Leader ankle. of the. Maybe he was like in charge of that whole vampire group. Perhaps, perhaps. he also says he should be drinking her heart's blood right, <laughs> right. now, which is very. I don't, it's, it's very a lot. creepy and <laughs> very it's funny. A lot as of well. emotion for safe mama. Yes, exactly. And then he says, "You have something in your eye," and he stabs him in the eye with his long ass fingernail. Which I have a fun trivia fact. So this is not the only time that that uh, particular actor has been impaled in the head Ooh. in the same um piece of work as Sarah Michelle Gellar. So that guy. Uh, That actor is uh, actually uh, in Scream 2 with Sarah Michelle Gellar. His name is Christopher Doyle, and he's like a stuntman slash actor. And, um, of course, so Scream 2 spoilers. (laughs) So Scream 2 spoilers if you uh, haven't seen that movie, but Sarah Michelle Gellar gets got in that movie. And then later on, uh, that actor who plays uh, Colin is in that movie, and he is an, a police officer that gets killed by being impaled through the head uh, in a scary police chase thing. So it's like they're like, oh, you need someone who needs something stabbed through their face. Uh, OK, he, we have this it's guy. It's Christopher Doyle to the <laughs> rescue. We should watch Scream 2 tonight. I've oh, never my seen God. It. I love that movie. It's so good. So then we move on back to the library Willow has visited Giles and he's he turns around he's like Buffy and Willow <laughs> says no it's just me which is I, just a kind of like a weird detail there has to be something to that like obviously he's hoping Buffy has like finished her thing Yeah, but I, I think know. he's just really nervous like he's afraid this is kind of his first yeah. time sending her out on a Slayer-type Yeah that makes mission. sense he he kind of it's kind of like She's his responsibility now, and he wants to make sure that she's okay. And then, that makes weirdly, sense. I actually didn't notice that, but like you just pointing that out makes me like see so many things. Like that's Willow being like, it's just me. Like I'm yeah. not that important. I'm just Willow. It's just Willow. Willow. God, even though she's the best character, she's my favorite. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we continuing. haven't recorded our intro episode yet, but uh, I'm going to ask who your favorite character is. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I cool wonder Rose who it could not be. be. Surprised? It's Willow. <laughs> Um, Oh, this is where I this is where I initially wrote in my notes about her outfit, and I said <laughs> honestly, it's fashion because <laughs> she looks really cute. Can you what what is she wearing again? That, you, she, that's remember? where she's wearing this orange. It's kind of like a textured, sort of stripy thing. Oh, right. And she's the wearing some kind of baggy overalls over right. it, which just, she wears just fit a lot. those overalls a little bit more. in, like I could go down a runway sis. I mean and for the 90s they were definitely, you know, baggy clothes for all the rage. Oh, especially for boys. But yeah, I mean, uh one thing I want to talk about in this scene is this crazy diagram that Giles is I guess drawn. Yes. Where it says, <laughs> and Hell also question mark and it has like yes. what looks like a hot dog that's like shooting something into <laughs> a hole. My <laughs> and, my favorite thing is just the hellmouth. Yeah. Hellmouth. <laughs> Anyway, and then some kind of like those little did you ever have to do like a graphing uh science calculations in physics or anything like that but that's what those little uh i've never taken physics but. oh okay well never mind but that's what those that's what those little uh kind of cross marks remind me of Ooh. That's how uh that's how our teacher taught us to do like I would ask you to show the picture to me but you're sitting at one table <laughs> and I'm sitting at another smaller table across the room. Yeah, we're trying to work on our audio uh, where Kyle doesn't have an echo. Yes. So, Willow starts telling Giles about these earthquakes that happened in 1937. Mm -hmm. And in the months before those earthquakes, there were a rash of murders with the things he was looking for, like throats Throats and blood. blood. (laughs) Yeah. So, Giles starts to come to a realization. And then we cut back again to the underground, to the master's lair darla's lighting candles <laughs> luke this is takes what I off called, his jacket i call this section harvest pre-game yes and uh, yeah luke luke pulls out the guns for the uh, oh yes to be anointed as the uh, the vessel honestly i feel like i'm saying this too much but like even with bumpy face luke is pretty hot oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Past, like, 10 this out is out 10 not the things. last time. This is not the first or last time that I'm going to call a character in this episode hot. Yeah, why not? Go <laughs> off. I mean, I, well, and one thing that, I mean, could have got your juices flowing is that this scene is so sexual. It is in incredibly nature. homoerotic. He yeah. kisses the master's hand and then he's drinking blood from his wrist. Right. And the way. And, yes, go ahead. Sorry. The way that they're talking. Like the, it's like this ritualistic thing, and the master says, My blood is your blood, my soul is your soul. And Luke says, Kyle is not saying it nearly as hot as the master's, like, Right, my blood Blood." is your blood. Uh. He doesn't really say it like that, but (laughs) that's the vibe. And then Luke says, My body is your instrument, yeah. And he's like, Play that instrument, play me like a trumpet, (laughs) and then he, like drinks the blood from the wrist i guess we assume because you see absolutely there is no, no blood. blood yes and one thing i want to point out is i saw this and i have wanted to say it and i wasn't sure the last time i watched it and i saw it again and i'm sure the master has a sparkly shirt on oh. underneath because you can see when he pulls the wrist section back and he like kind of pulls his sleeve back I'm like, is this guy wearing like a fucking rhinestone top? What is happening right? Right. Now? It is very sparkly, and you can see it for just a second around the wrist huh. area. Like it's I did the not shirt notice that. Underneath, and I'm like, okay. So the master anoints Luke's forehead with that three sided shape, and. Then uh, he's like, he seems to be planning on doing something with him tonight. Uh, the Luke is supposed to be do something, and the master has a plan. Mm. So we cut back to the library. Buffy and Xander are coming back. Buffy says they were too late. Willow asks if Jesse's dead, and Buffy says no, worse. And Willow surprisingly is... <laughs> <Expelled>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> worse. Expelled. Couldn't resist it. <laughs> Willow seems to be very calm about it, which uh hopefully she's okay yeah i kind of like for me the way i watched it i was like wow does willow just like hate (laughs) jesse right (laughs) uh i mean i guess she's like well at least you guys are okay or is willow just extremely pragmatic (laughs) yes you guys are okay so all right you know well best you know it's not best case scenario it's like (laughs) it's not what i would have wanted but you know my my other friends are here. It's somebody, not one person out of the way, who might steal Xander's attention. So, <laughs> so they're talking. Uh, <laughs> so they're talking about their research, and uh, Buffy's like, "Do you have something that'll make my day worse?" And Giles <laughs> says, "How about the end of the world?" <laughs> Which is not the first time that will happen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is kind of the first Scooby meeting, isn't it? Yeah, this is, like, the first real Scooby meeting. They like, sort of before, have one before, but... Well, but he tells them stuff, but, like, yeah, I guess... I don't know. This one is the first one where they, like meet he gives them the backstory and then they all move out with a plan yeah exactly which i think i think to me that is quintessential scooby so the the other one was like a proto scooby yeah. meeting, and this one is, is like the real deal right so giles is explaining there's a hell mouth here there was an earthquake a while back that mm-hmm. swallowed up the master who was trying to right. open the hell mouth and he got stuck and mm-hmm. now and that's uh, why he can't leave his place of worship yes and so now he's trying to get out and that's what the harvest is for he's going to draw power from a vessel who we know as luke right and which will give him the power to walk the earth again so he's planning to draw the power from this vessel they're trying to figure out where the vessel is going to be Mm -hmm. and xander suggests that it's going to be at the bronze because uh, there are going to be a lot of tasty young morsels there, which mm-hmm. is very creepy sounding. I don't like it. <laughs> and he, he says he knows that's where Jesse's going to be, which sort of like, it seems like it's trying to show that he doesn't really realize that Vampire Jesse is just a completely different thing. Right, yeah. He doesn't understand vampirism wholly yet. Which, yes. I mean, of course, that makes very big sense. We. Why would he know that? So they move out and Buffy's like, you guys go to the bronze. I uh, have to stop for supplies. And we see a a sunset uh, (laughs) B-roll. Yeah, which is very interesting because it seems like regular sunlight is coming into Buffy's room in the Mm -hmm. next scene. So she's in her room. She gets a jacket out of her closet for some reason, which later she just takes off. (laughs) So uh, she's grabbing things and then Joyce comes in. Mm -hmm. and Joyce yes our sweet baby Joyce I just want to say in this whole I I titled this segment in my notes but mom but mom so Joyce is worried Buffy she didn't hear Buffy come home last night Mm -hmm. and she's got a call from the principal already that Buffy's missing some classes and she says it's happening again, isn't it? So yeah. she's really worried. She thinks, like, something's wrong. Buffy's, like, something's going on with Buffy, and she has to, like, do something about it because she's her mom. Which I think, actually, like, I mean, it's, first of all, very impressive that the principal would be calling the mom that quick. Right, immediately. But I it's really impressive that her mom is that keyed in on her because I'm having dealt with parents of students. Oh, yes. This is a level of involvement that is, like, top tier. Uh-huh, and she's like, and she gives her options. She's like, uh, you can't go out. Uh, you can stay up here in your room in Sulk, or you can come down and have dinner with me, and it'll mm-hmm. be fine, but you can't go out tonight because you're missing classes and you didn't come home last night. Which, right. Which, like, I, I don't know about you, but if when I was a teenager, if my mom didn't hear me come, literally, if my mom didn't hear me come home at night, like, if I didn't come home, I would not. I would have not have been able to leave the house for a month. <laughs> yeah, I think also the police probably would have been called or something. But right, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, we do see that Joyce is trying to be very understanding. We know like, that she's listening to parenting tapes. Yeah, she's working really hard. I like. God, I love Joyce. She's also, we so didn't great. mention this in the last episode, but Buffy's dad is nowhere to be seen. We don't really know what the deal is with that. Yeah, we have not met the dad. I mean. For all we know, he's in another room of the house. We just, because we've really only seen Buffy's bedroom. Yeah, exactly. And so after this conversation with Joyce, who is just trying her hardest. Buffy opens this chest that has a false bottom to grab her supplies. On the top, there's some, like, there's like a stuffed animal or something, and there's some other things. Mm-hmm. And in the bottom are all her vampire slaying materials right. holy water, steaks. She grabs a bunch of this stuff. There's also a giant jar of communion wafers. Yeah, which I, I wrote that in my notes too. I was like, what is she going to do? She's going to be like, body of Christ, bitch, and like start <laughs> throwing them at him like fucking ninja stars. Or something. <laughs> right? What is the plan with the communion wafers? Those don't come back and the garlic doesn't really have much she has these huge giant heads of like, garlic in there. softball size they at least they, those at least have like 30 or 40 heads of garlic in each yes one. so so huge and but yeah i was just like i was really confused about that i was like maybe she ordered an amazon package and got like like the communion box set that right like holy water that was just one of the things in there wafers and uh I don't know. Garlic. <laughs> for your spicy convenience. And communion. a priest's robe or something. Right, some wine. <laughs> but yeah, I I uh, I have no idea where what that was about, but I, I just thought it was really So funny. she packs all of this stuff, and she sneaks out the window. This is where I wrote that it's kind of funny that Buffy wears a cross, mm-hmm. but it's not because she's religious. It's because she needs to fight vampires. <laughs> right. I think that's very funny. Yeah. So... We cut back to the bronze, and there is this very hot bouncer in a tank top. He is ripped. He's taking cover from some people. Mm. Uh, It is important that this man is black, and I will talk about it later. (laughs) Uh, I just want to, it is important. Yeah. So uh, we cut inside the bronze and Cordelia is talking to her friends. (laughs) She's uh, doing again, this thing where she's having a conversation basically with herself where her friends are just yes manning her. Right. She's like, (laughs) I don't know. She's just like this. She's the center of her own universe. Yeah, exactly. She does. She makes this noise. She's like senior boys or something like that that it also kind of looks like she brought her own water bottle or something yeah so some other kid is drinking some like an orange drink what the fuck is that (laughs) yeah i don't know that but one thing i didn't notice until this very last watch through did you notice who's not there harmony harmony is not there yeah she fully said she was going to the bronze and she's not there which is really weird. weird yeah i mean funky that harmony was there one of a million people who could have been buffy but ended up being a supporting character right so she's talking about how she likes senior boys because they're just cooler than people our age and she says uh one of my favorite quotes (laughs) uh i need to have the most expensive thing (laughs) not because it's expensive but because it costs more oh my gosh and i i really love that line because it's so like that kind of like bullshitty like if cordelia was a high school student today she would 100% be like an influencer yes and she would be like peddling shit on instagram and uh-huh. like tiktok which is so funny and also uh she's making fun of Jesse and stuff that this is also when she says the miss motormouth thing cuz mm-hmm. one friend like tries to agree with her (laughs) about something and she's like hello can I get a word in right she's the only one and she's like oh my god I love this band or I love this song let's dance (laughs) yeah so they go down to dance and Jesse comes up well before he comes up to her though I just want to talk about so one evil hair again yes evil hair and two there is this really cool shot of him where he has this like red light across half of his face hmm it's at I, I even wrote down the timestamp on this. It's at 3321. If you oh. want to go check that out. Um and uh it's just this really neat, subtle kind of reminder that he's like a predator. I mean, he also has like the very creepy look on his face to help you out with that. But like I did there's so much reinforcement that goes back into that. That's just like, wow, so much detail. Yes. I it was it's that sounds really cool. I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. And so he asks her, well, he doesn't ask her to dance. He demands that she dance with him. He's being very assertive. And when she objects, he's just like, shut up. Yes, he says, shut up. And she's just like, Okay, one dance. Because he's assertive and hot now, she'll right. dance with him. He has the evil hair, which is so hot. And that's when we cut outside to the bouncer and mm-hmm. the vampires, like slow motion to this rock music, and walking up well, to the bronze. And you can't see it because this is audio only, but Kyle was doing Darla's kind of twirly dance. <laughs> yes, moves Darla's like dancing, moving her She's arms, like spinning around. She <laughs> yes. is so fucking intense. It, it is so funny looking. I love it. <laughs> They were just like you were like a ballerina on LSD. Yes, right. <laughs> and they just start to walk in, and the bouncer's like, "I need to see your IDs." Right. Why is he checking IDs? Children are allowed into this club. We can't keep talking about it. Well, and also <laughs> Cordelia said there's no cover. He has cash. Yeah, in his he's hand. counting money. What the? F-
1: Maybe, Maybe there's cover it's like only. A girls' night
0: or only cover Ladies for night? people under eighteen. <laughs> or over eighteen, you mean? Oh. But Cordelia wouldn't care that there's no cover if it was for people over 18. You think Cordelia is 18? No. Question mark. If the no, it sounded like you were saying no cover for people over 18. Oh, I said the opposite of what I meant. All right, so we, we're we thinking the same thing. Yes. Then. <laughs> so uh, they're like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> and yeah. they just drag him in with them. And so Luke takes the stage. He tells everyone they're going to die tonight. Mm-hmm. And he says... With dramatic lighting, by the way. Yes, with dramatic lighting. Right. And Cordelia's like, I thought there wasn't supposed to be a band tonight. <laughs> yes. That is, she does say that. <laughs> and uh, so Luke's telling them all they're all going to die. And then this is what makes me so fucking mad. He says, bring me the first. Like, uh-huh. how... And they bring in the black bouncer from earlier. Yeah. So... First of all, this is one of the only people of color who have had any lines in either of these two episodes. Yeah. The other one, I think, was Aura, who found right. the dead guy. She found the extreme dead guy. Yes. And her lines before that were, Neg Lee. <laughs> and, uh... I Pause. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he s- literally says, bring me the first, and then they eat him first. Like, that yeah. is... Like, I, did... It uh, was, they either did it on purpose... Or, like, they are just too stupid to... Th- we knew that this was a phenomenon in the 90s, that the black guy dies first in the horror movie. And yeah. it just seems like, in a show like this, you would want to not do something like that. Yeah, it was unfortunate, I mean, I guess. It's just, that Just the 90s was such a time of, like, I don't know. I just hate. I just hated it. So anyway, we can see that the master is getting stronger, and it like there's like this little like mini montage thing where he eats someone else as well, mm-hmm. and then we cut to the Scoobies who are trying to get into the bronze. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before we get to the Scoobies going into the bronze. There's this guy who, when they announce that they're about (laughs) to kill everybody, it cuts to him and he's like, what? And it's like, he's wearing this crazy scrunchie. Yeah, and I didn't notice when you showed me this picture before we watched the episode again, but I didn't realize that he has, like, he has, like, it's, like, this guy with dreadlocks. He's, like, has this scrunchy thing, and they are, like, dreadlock yeah, things above it's it. It's kind of dark. It's hard to tell if they're dreadlocks or if he just has his hair up. But, yeah, it kind of looks like it might be. But, yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to put some of these screenshots that we got, like, the weird diagram and this thing in our stories on Instagram mm-hmm. when we drop these episodes so you can see them. But, uh, yeah, he's wearing this really weird, <laughs> like, woven... Scrunchy yes. thing that is very strange. So the Scoobies get there. They're a little late because Buffy didn't know she was going to get grounded tonight. Yeah. Uh, so they are coming up with a plan of attack. Buffy tells them to clear the exits, make sure everyone can get out. Oh, and while they are doing that, I just want to point this out. There's uh-huh. a sign behind them. And it says, must be 21 to be served alcohol. <laughs> this is right next to the door. This is, I screenshotted this one because this is where I could kind of see it. And there's a list of things that say no at the beginning, but I couldn't make out what it says after it. One of them looks like it says no California IDs. What? Which is really weird. I mean, I looked at it, and I was like, what else could that be? And I cannot (laughs) figure out what else it would be. And it looks like it says no California IDs, which maybe if you live in California, tell us what that means. Maybe it's no non-California IDs. Uh... It looked like it just said no California. Ideas, the bronze like, is a weird place. Anyway, yeah, it, uh, uh- it's like that thing in the the Lion King where it's like, "What's that shadowy place over there?" And it's like, "That is the Bronze Simba, and we will not talk about it." Yes, right. But yeah, I mean, anyway, that I just want to point out that there was a sign there that was like at least explained that children were not supposed to be served alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. So there definitely is alcohol here. Uh huh. So the Scoobies are a little bit late. They're talking about how they need to clear the exits. Uh, the entrance is like blocked off or uh-huh. something, so and that they Buffy can't get says, in through there. Buffy says something to them. She says, don't go all wild bunch on me. And I didn't know for sure what that meant. So I kind of looked at it. Up. I was like, what is the wild bunch? And apparently it is a Western movie, like a, this old Sam Peckinpah, who's like this big Western director movie and um it is uh notable for its kind of extreme violence that was not used to being shown at that time because it came oh. out in uh, 1969 so all right i didn't I guess understand that's, that either that's that reference i think it's really funny that a high schooler gets that reference apparently buffy watches western movies <laughs> right uh but yeah so uh they formulate this plan uh buffy hands out some materials giles tells xander That is not Jesse. That is a demon. That is the thing that killed Jesse. Jesse is dead. So Buffy like goes up through like a window at the top or something. And uh, before we see her again, we cut to Jesse talking to Darla. And he says Cordelia is his. And Darla says they're all for the master. So we see that Jesse wants to eat Cordelia. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to Buffy who's on the top floor she sees this vampire that's working the lights which is very funny and he does this little like <laughs> but yeah. like in a growl no yeah it's like that tiger growl sound that we get for vampires uh-huh which is very funny to me and so Luke is still eating people he starts to get Cordelia up on stage and that is when Buffy, like, calls down, and she's like, hey, I'm here, and he gets distracted, and Cordelia, like, pushes herself away from Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy has, like, kicked down the vampire who's working the lights, and she jumps off of the uh-huh. balcony, well, we which get, is very like- cool. One of my favorite little kind of actiony shots is where she grabs the pool cue, and that vampire like kind of is just like, oh, "I got a charger!" Yes. And he like runs at her like, Whoa! and just screams while he's running for some reason, and she just like casually slams the pool pool cue to her side. Yes, somehow she gets the pool cue into his chest, and just like without even looking, which is so badass. And she just like stabs him, and then you hear, "Oh!" And then like she lets go of it, and it just stays there. And you see it fall out yes. of shot off from the but from the top, like it's it's stuck in his chest. It's so good. I Very love that. cool. Really cool touch. So she gets up on the stage with Luke. She roundhouse kicks him. Uh she takes off the jacket that she put on earlier. Why did she bring it? Who because knows? Because she needed to take it off to show shit is fucking serious, right? Right. Now. Uh Luke is holding his own against her, and we also have some shots about of the gang evacuating people in the confusion. Uh Xander gets grabbed by a vampire from behind and <laughs> Buffy throws a symbol at the vampire, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. decapitates him. Grabs a little ride symbol and hurls it at him, which those things are sharp. I uh I know a kid that uh almost got a toe cut off by one falling over on Oof. her. So they 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 can do that kind of stuff, especially if you're hurling them with super strength. Yes, very dangerous. <laughs> and Xander says heads up, which is very funny. And right. I, I think it's it's cool that they were taught. She was telling him a story about using an an X-Acto knife to cut off a and vampire's then she, head. Earlier. Oh my gosh! I didn't even think about that. That's great. It's yeah, just and decapitates Xander's, another one. Uh huh. And, and who's trying to attack Xander? And then she's like chuckling, like because <laughs> yeah, he she heads up, and he she thinks like, it's Luke grabs her. It's un. I thought that she was just she just thought it was really cool that she cut off a vampire's head with a symbol. But Xander said heads up. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably that it's as pretty well. Pretty and that's when Luke grabs her and they start to struggle again. Mm-hmm. Xander comes up on Jesse, who's attacking Cordelia in like this really uncomfortable looking way that I don't like. Oh yeah, it is very like I just very like, reminiscent overpowering of assault in Yeah. A very un like it uncomfortable does, It's not way. happening for too long, thank goodness. Uh and he gets distracted by Xander and Cordelia gets away. And they like have this banter. Xander thinks that Jesse is still in there, contrary to what Giles just said. Why do you think you know more than Giles does? I mean, but that is so Xander. Yeah, to just right. Ignore what just you've been ignoring. told. And... Don't come. Don't come with me. Okay, I'll follow you. This is not right. Jesse. I think Jesse's still in there. Fucking yeah. Xander. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. To that, it would be really hard. Like, if your best friend got turned into a vampire, it would be very tough right to let go and be like this person is dead because they're talking to you and they have all the memories of the person so it seems like even though this guy is like (laughs) jesse sucked he was fucking ugly i hate him (laughs) wait are you saying that no 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 that's what vampire jesse is saying oh yeah yeah yeah. because yeah vampire jesse is like he's such a shit now i'm so much better because i'm a vampire. Right. Right, Exactly. And uh, Xander's like holding up a steak at him. Uh, Luke is uh, saying how he wants to taste Buffy's blood while she's struggling against him. And then she headbutts him from behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, how'd that taste? Oh, yeah. Which I loved. Such a good line. And then we cut to uh, Willow, who saves Giles from Darla. So Giles mm-hmm. is being attacked on the ground, and Willow just throws a whole bottle like, of hey! holy water. Yeah, she's like, get off of him, or something like that. She and then throws this bottle of I holy water. I love, so Darla's just like... <laughs> yes, and,
1: like and she Running runs with away. her face smoking. Uh-huh, it's And there's so like this funny.
0: trail of smoke. It's so... I... Nothing about Darla, I think, is intended to be funny, but it is hilarious. <laughs> uh, yes, I love it. And then someone who's running up behind uh, Jesse, like, to get out of the bronze, uh, hits Jesse in the back right. and shoves him into the stake because oh. Jesse's being like, what? I, I was just going to say, I just wanted to point out, too, like, that whole thing about Luke being like, or not Luke, sorry, Jesse being like, Jesse was a loser who couldn't get a date with anybody in the sighted community. Yes, which is just so obnoxious. And Jesse's vampire Jesse is like taunting Xander about how he can't bring himself to stake right. him. Right, and, and then, that's when the person bumps into him from behind, <laughs> yeah. and he gets dusted on screen. They oh, yeah. paid the money for that, mm-hmm. and just a little bit. He was it was like the neck up. Yes. And then we cut back to Buffy and Luke. Luke is like in front of this window thing. Mm-hmm. Buffy grabs a like a mic stand no, or something. It's a cymbal stand that she took the ride symbol off. Oh, to continuity. Mm-hmm. She grabs that stand and she says, you forgot about something sunrise and she throws it yeah. and breaks the window and i i can't tell if this window is leading to inside it or it's looks to like another the window is on an exterior wall and with it's a looking, light on it it looks like it's looking out onto another building's wall that yeah. has a light on it yeah and maybe Luke's an like, alley or like a a gap between the two buildings or something yeah and lucas doesn't Luke apparently doesn't know what time it is. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I guess he got really caught up in all that blood drinking. And she's like, it's in about nine hours, mister. Except she says uh Another able slur. slur. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> she s- dabs him in the back and gets the heart. And he very dramatically lunges towards, like... Yeah, it like, Ooh. cuts between him and the master being, like, like, trying to grab yeah. the air and doing the wavy thing. Yeah, well, and you see him, yeah, he's, like, fighting that force field that's holding him stuck in the place of worship.
1: Yes. And uh,
0: he's like, and Luke kind of like does the very dramatic, like he doesn't get the short quick death. He, he gets the like, And then like, he jumps off the stage and he lands on the floor and gets dusted. And then the man, the master's like no yeah. <laughs> it's very uh darth vader in the uh very campy Revenge villain in the sith and this is when we get buffy's badass pose from the end of the intro and the vampire's like look at her and she's they're like holy fuck they killed she killed luke we got to get the fuck right. out of here and, and they and run we, away we get that kind of that look from the intro it's so good yes just, it is like, so cool and that music and it's like She's like, fuck around and find out, guys. And, and while like, everyone's Yope. running away, Angel comes out from, like, behind a garbage can or something, and he's like... Oh, he comes out from in front of the door that says, watch your step, which I thought was funny. <laughs> and and he's like, wow, she did it. What the fuck? Why Why are you here? Why weren't you helping? I don't understand. Unders- figure out what you are <laughs> oh angel <laughs> oh yeah, angel I, I guess it's true that they really didn't know because it seems like a person like the creator of this series would have been very meticulous about like laying stuff out because we know that they do that they had a lot of storylines uh in their ha- minds ahead of time uh-huh. and they drop little well, easter eggs and foreshadowing all throughout this series so I mean it must be accurate they they really just did not know what We Angel want David Borianas to be hot somehow, right? But we don't know how yet. We're just going to drop him in. Well, they didn't even know if they were going to use him be on the first episode. Why? <sighs> they just was... didn't know. They didn't have a plan for him. I but but why would he why should he even be there? I don't anyway we're not always going to complain about angel because they figure it out eventually so <laughs> i i can't wait <laughs> right and so, we get the uh at the end of that we get the whole like willow be like did we win yes. and we get that tinkly dinkly piano uh-huh. music like and buffy says well we averted the apocalypse with like a so. little uh not cluster chord what do you call that when you like Put your fingers on like the keys in a chord, like uh, I just I would just call it rolling no. the cord yeah. Oh, wait, just rolling up, yeah, that's what yeah, it is, just like rolling the chord. And they're like, it was like bling. that's yes. it's just like that music in the background of that scene. And she's like, Did we win? It's mm-hmm. just so 90s like sitcom yes. background music i love it and then xander says nothing's ever gonna be the same and then they cut immediately to school <laughs> and everyone's like talking and laughing and fine right. Cordelia's talking about how these there were rival gangs <laughs> and buffy seemed to know them and her friend's like oh my gosh i should have been there mm-hmm. and Again, uh that friend she's is not harmony so not also harmony. not harmony yes and Uh, It's just like Cordelia went through a lot of shit in that last episode, and she's just like, "I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna pretend like it didn't happen." (laughs) (laughs) Or in the in last night, I guess this all this all happened in two days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. And uh, we get um, Buffy's very interesting outfit, the uh, pink dress with I, the like, I cherries like it. on. Yeah, it. she's got this dress and uh-huh. then she's wearing this it's like, like a little baby doll dress. And she's wearing like a little purple jacket over uh-huh. it. And the dress is kind of like metallic, isn't it? Like it's got like a uh-huh. sheen to it. My favorite part is her headband. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's got, got that this pink like headband. ribbon thing that's tied around her head. It's very it's... Daphne, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Daphne. And it's like. Falling like the the ribbon's really long and it's kind of like falling behind her. Yeah, it she, really cool. it's like a scarf slash headband situation, and she's got the lollipop. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, most important accessory. Oh, yeah, very jiggly caliente. <laughs> uh, and th- so they're just talking about Giles is May like, I call m- you Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Giles is talking about how well, the master isn't going to stop trying, like, maybe there's another way. And uh, they're talking about how they're gonna do this, have to do this stuff some more. And Buffy says, "Well, I can hardly wait." Yep. And uh, we get uh, they kind of walk off. Giles says something like, "We may be the only things that stand between the Earth and its total destruction." And then they're like talking about teenagery shit. And Buffy's like, "I still hope I can get kicked out of school." <laughs> they're like, uh, and Willow's like, "You could explode something." And Buffy says <laughs> something like, something. "Yeah, <laughs> blow something up." They yes. really don't like that. Right. And then Buffy says something along the lines of, like, I was thinking about just not studying or something like that. Excessive, excessive not studying. Oh, yes, exactly. (laughs) And uh, And then while they're walking away, Giles says, The Earth is doomed. (laughs) So good. (laughs) And that's the end. It's very cute. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Such a good beginning to the series. I think really strong. Uh huh. It's very adorable. Okay. So, Zach, now that we have finished. The episode. Would you like to memorialize some of our characters that uh, left yes. the world? Yes, we uh, have a new segment we're going to add to this episode, which is in memoriam. And um, each episode, where a prominent character uh, leaves this plane off of existence, this <laughs> mortal coil. <laughs> so yeah, um, first of all, uh, we'd like to memorialize uh, Jesse. So uh, we're gonna. Open- I'll raise our glasses and pour one out to Jesse. Jesse, you were um, gross and kind of a creep, but you probably didn't deserve to die. And uh, yeah, RIP Jesse. And then also uh, we're going to go ahead and pour one out for our favorite uh, vampire henchman who we thought was going to be here longer, Luke. So uh, Luke, you you were very strong and... You only almost died one time in Madrid, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but you, they got the best of you this time, buddy. And if she just wouldn't have known of our breed, <laughs> if only fine. she hadn't known of your breed, that is right, Zach. So rest in peace, <laughs> Luke. Mm. Yep, you uh, you will be remembered. So uh, as we continue moving on through the series, we're going to rate. Uh, our enjoyment of each episode from one to 10 stakes. So Zach, how many stakes would you give this episode for this one? man, I just, I'm going to be so biased. Cause I like love almost every episode of the show. <laughs> I think this one is like a nine out of 10 stakes. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I agree. It is very good. Uh, especially considering the quality of what we're about to start getting into with season one. Uh, <laughs> And I didn't enjoy it as much as the first episode. I do think the first episode is better. Mm-hmm. The pace is a little bit better. And uh, there's not quite as much exposition dumping. I didn't mind it too much because I like learning about those things. But Yeah, no, I think the show is really good at like, it, you get the info dumps, but they're in a place where it makes sense. Uh-huh. Giles explaining to the uh, Scoobies why. Yeah. So no, I I fully think that it's, I would give it 9 out of 10. I think it's just, there are a couple of moments that are maybe a little bit slower than the first one, but I think it's a really nice uh, kind of ending to what the first one set up. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think that's very fair. So let me make a quick note of that. I'm not going to use a colon this time. <laughs> 8.5 out of 10. Okay, so now let's move on. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on now from Matt to Kyle. Who did you think was the MVP of this episode? I really, like, I don't want to say first because I want to wait to hear yours. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Willow was the MVP Ooh, of this okay. episode because it's really, like, the last episode, we see that she's kind of meek and, like, uh, not very, like, sure of herself in a lot of ways. But she really, uh, that's not, like, all to her. She really has, like, just this other side to her that, like, she, she tells, she makes Cordelia delete her coding assignment. She throws holy water on the vampire. And she also really takes initiative to help Giles research this stuff. And if it mm-hmm. weren't for Willow, like, maybe they wouldn't have known about the Harvest stuff. I yeah. think Willow's there Or they maybe. definitely, it would have been harder for them to figure out where they were. Yeah, and the tunnels. She also figured out the the tunnel stuff, too. So I think Willow is the MVP of this episode. I think uh, that's a really good point. I did not put that, though. I I put Giles, actually. Oh, that makes sense. Um, And I said, so we kind of get Giles' importance as a source of information. It's really brought to bear in this episode because he's sitting there. He has this knowledge of, like, even though Angel hinted to Buffy like it's the harvest, she would have had no idea what that meant right Without giles he put it in a context and explained what was going to happen and helped him kind of develop the plan um so he gets all the background info on that he kind of coordinates the scooby team and he um identifies the Hellmouth, which is mm-hmm. very important incredibly <laughs> uh and he helps uh you know he helps get people out during the whole crisis situation with an assist from willow of course yes And uh, he also uh, is learning how to deal with Buffy and talk to her. You see the beginnings of him adjusting his kind of very rigid expectations of what the Watcher-Slayer relationship is supposed to be Uh and already starting to adapt to Buffy and how she speaks and how he needs to talk Yeah, like in the very beginning of the episode where he starts to go into a speech and she interrupts and he's like, okay, she's a Slayer, don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's you see that because, like, if you think back to the first episode, how he was this very, like, stern kind of, like, you know, the Hollywood archetype of, like, the kind of harsh teacher kind Mm -hmm. of mentality where he's like, you need to do this. You're an idiot and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Yeah, he's kind of already softened that a little bit in this episode, and he's speaking to her in a way that is more relatable for her. And mm-hmm. adapting to her, so I think um he's showing himself as like this ally to her that can be trusted because at first she was like I don't want any part of your shit, mm-hmm. and then he's he's realizing oh I just can't go at her with like you have to do this just fucking because yeah and so All right. I see that I mean also it helped that like her two friends that she made on day Mm -hmm. one happened to get attacked (laughs) yeah right so willow and giles it is an episode for the nerds Mm, so zach what did you think was the gayest moment of this episode um so for gayest moment i i guess it's more of a vibe Uh than a moment per se But I really think that this episode is kind of a mirror to the first episode where we get this kind of sense of Buffy having to come to terms with her identity and fighting against it and then coming to terms with it. And now in this episode, she kind of like like we all have to have those personal journeys, don't we? And, you know, that theme is universal, but it feels just really like tethered to the queer experience because she's got the identity of the Slayer. She feels like she has to keep it hidden from other people around mm-hmm. her, which sounds very familiar. Yep. Uh, this is hauntingly familiar. <laughs> and uh, just for her own well-being. And so she can only kind of like tell her closest friends about it. Which, uh-huh. You know, it, it it kind of highlights how for some people who go through the queer experience, particularly in high school, you need like this strong support system of friends to help you get through it. Yes. And uh, to me, that was the kind of queer underpinning running through this whole episode. And then in Giles, uh, we see this kind of him being built up as like kind of that safe teacher that you can talk to at school. You know mm-hmm. how like a lot of gay kids, like their first coming out, they can't. They feel really afraid coming out to their family, and they're very like afraid that the people that they really love and are very close to will reject them. So in a a way to kind of circumvent that, they start trying to tell people they don't know as well. Yeah, so So they sort of like test it out with like a teacher they trust. Yes, and so I think we kind of start to see that in Giles because Giles is, you know, he's got this knowledge. He's in on this world of supernatural shit that Buffy has to deal with. But on top of that, he obviously is showing a propensity to like adapt to her and be like, oh, I can't just hit her over the head with a stick and she's going to fall in line. Mm-hmm. I have to talk to her a different way, which I think is really cool actually. Like, I mean, it shows a lot of Giles character in this scene. And so I think just a lot of different ways. Um, it feels like Buffy's going on this queer hero's journey and Giles is her Dumbledore, or yeah. her, her Merlin who's uh-huh. there to give her the information when she needs it and to back her up. And, um, so, I think it relates to like the queer experience, but also anybody who's ever felt ill at ease in their own skin um we all need those that that support system to fall back on and those those people to rely on did you Did you have any other kind of queer yes i agree you want to talk about? I feel it will I feel like we need to call this segment gayest moment and queer analysis because (laughs) I have actually, I've actually been doing moments and then you're just analyzing the episode. Uh, So just to pick a moment, I think the gayest moment of this episode is when Willow and Xander are in the hallway and they're talking about like how they have this big secret about mm-hmm. Buffy that they can't tell anyone. Mm yeah, that sound no. familiar? Yeah, and well it ties into what I was talking about about the how yeah, exactly. it's like you have to have these people you can trust to keep that part of your ally like secure for you until you feel safe enough to share it with other people. Yes, exactly. So that I believe is the gayest moment of the episode runner up runner up like a, like an underdog standing up to their bully. I think it also is very gay queer energy when Willow does the The deliver deliver. thing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. To, To Cordelia. I mean, well in such a, gosh, that scene is so short and so small But it's so perfectly Willow because it's, like, she's super intelligent, and her way to fight back, like, I guess she gets kind of, like, dog in the – or not dog. (laughs) Deer (laughs) deer in the headlights when Cordelia starts in on her with, Uh like, who gave you permission to exist? But, like, once she got her chance to kind of collect her thoughts and everything, and, like, from the corner, she can feel comfortable going – it's deliver, yes. And then Cordelia deletes her whole project, which I so much relate to because uh-huh. I was always like I was bullied a little bit in high school. Like I mean, so many people are, mm-hmm. but I I would always come up with like that very amazing scathing comeback, like an hour later. <laughs> 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 that would have been so great, but like I I just really related to Willow in that moment too. So yeah, I I, I endorse that as gayest moment. Yes, absolutely. All right, so that is episode two, The Harvest. We will join you again next week. Only one episode this time with mm-hmm. which our yes. first episode outside of, you know, this pilot Entitled. sort of so feeling. Yes, Witch. so succinctly. So Zach, do you want to tell everyone where they can find, it, find us before we leave? All right, so we are available to listen to our podcast, obviously, at uh, Apple and Spotify and whenever, wherever you can find Find podcasts, and we're available on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all of those, you can find us at Buffy Gaze Pod. So uh, follow us on all those platforms, uh, and if you wouldn't mind to jump on uh, Apple or Spotify or both and leave us a review. That would be super helpful. Yes, follow us so you get our episodes every week. Yeah, that would be awesome. And uh, we will see you next time. So uh, I've been Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we are your Buffy Buffy Gays. Happy slaying. Bye-bye.